Good morning and welcome to Fitzroy's online Sunday service. This is the first time that we're gathering online right across the world at the same time as some of us are gathering in Fitzroy this morning. And we want to assure you that if you're unable to gather in Fitzroy, whether that's because you live in British Columbia or Bangladesh or somewhere in between, or because that is a decision you've made to do with sheltering or the circumstances uh, that you work in or whatever reason, that this service is still vitally important to Fitzroy and that we hope that you still feel a part of us as now in these COVID-19 times a much wider community. You're very welcome. Although some of these announcements perhaps will be a little bit more localised than some of you across the world will be able uh, to deal with. We're remembering this morning our students again. Uh, This week uh, Janice and I and Roberta counted 30 students from Fitzroy, 30 of our congregation who are at some level of education from arriving this very weekend as freshers right through to those who are doing postgraduates and PGCEs, etc, etc. And we will be remembering the university community later on, as David Gray um, prays for that in our prayers of intercession. But I just want us as a community to try and remember in prayer the difficulty that it is for students going away at this point in time with all the coronavirus issues that are happening. Please, in your prayers this week, give a special mention to our students. We're also trying to be aware that the gathering this morning in Fitzroy will be much more connecting with God than it will be with one another. There will be distance restrictions and all kinds of other things. And I think as as, as a, a part of that, we've been considering ways for Fitzroy to connect as a fellowship. And that's been happening wonderfully. Some of our home groups are still meeting. Uh, some people have been going out for walks and doing different things. The clean up at the front of the church moved from just the cleaning of the steps to something really quite fellowship and connecting. We were thinking about something quite major, uh, getting us all in the one place to walk at the same time. To be truthful, health and safety, COVID restrictions and all of that really makes that difficult. So we'll be encouraging you later on to use your imagination to um, maybe take a walk with people and never find yourself exclusive to that. But maybe it's a chance in COVID times to invite somebody that you haven't had a walk with and uh, and just go out and in small groups we'll be talking about the rule of six later on. Uh, maybe begin to be imaginative about that. Uh, for me, the best connection I've had with the Fitzroy as a fellowship, maybe not only in COVID, but maybe if I pushed it in my 11 years as your minister, has been the prayer time on a Tuesday night. I find it just wonderful. Uh, Zoom prayer, Tuesday night, 7.30. Uh, there's a wonderful community there praying for all kinds of stuff around Fitzroy and beyond. If you feel you want to become a part of that, then uh, let me know if you're not already getting our invite to the Zoom prayer meeting at 7.30. And then finally, giving. There's no offering plate, um, so therefore you have to be a little bit more strategic and focused and intentional with your giving. And if you don't already have a direct debit and you haven't given for a little bit of time, then please find your make your way to the website and you'll be able to give there. In Fitzroy uh, today, uh, as we gather um, for the first time in six months, I will be able to do that that I always do at the offering which is not that the offering is just about finances. The offering is about all of our lives and giving all of our lives to God. It's a time in the week in our offering 
where we offer ourselves. And we're going to do that just before um, we start our worship today. Let us pray. God, we offer ourselves to you. Yes, our finances, but also our gifts and abilities that you've given us. The time that is at our disposal. The imagination that you've given us. The grace that you've gifted us. And we pray that we will use all of these. Use them all in this very difficult time. To find fellowship with each other. To care for each other. To care for our neighbour. And to serve our community. Lord, at the outset of this online service, we offer ourselves to you and ask that you would use us in whatever way you would in the week ahead and indeed maybe in these six months ahead. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. i 
The reading is from Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. is to be oh.
My name is Dave Gray. I am the chaplain here at Queen's University for the PCI and I am working out of Derry Volgie Hall. That's where I'm speaking to you from. I've stepped into big shoes that used to be filled by Wee Steve and by others and I have the privilege of working with students, both 74 residents here at this Hall of Residence but also the wider responsibility for linking to staff and students across the main university and Strandmillis and Union Colleges as well. It's a real season of challenge, both for leadership, for teaching staff, for ancillary staff, for all the support staff and the services at the university. It's a real time of challenge for the young people as well. So that's what we're going to pray into this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for the young people who inhabit our city, coming here to learn, coming to grow and develop their skills in order that they will be able to be contributors, that they will be leaders, that they will be servants of our society in the future. Lord, for this generation of young people, first of all, I pray against fearfulness. I ask, Lord, that you protect their minds in a season when they're spending so much time online and so little time in real communities. I pray, Lord, that you would protect and that you would preserve them, that they would know real friendship and that would grow despite of this time of restrictions in their society and in their movement. As they watch their, their lectures online, I pray, Lord, they would be able to engage but also to disengage and to find a real balance in their lives. I pray for the young people here at Derry Volge, but also for many of the young people over in Elms and beyond who are feeling uncertain about how the future is going to pan out. I ask, Lord, that you would give what they need, people that are able to walk with them, to encourage them, to provide for them, and Lord, to make these days survivable and not just survive, but they would flourish even in this time. I pray for the teaching staff here at the university as they're working beyond their normal uh, limits to produce all the resources needed online. Lord, I pray for their creativity. I pray against exhaustion. I pray for inspiration. Lord, I pray for the ancillary staff, for all of the admin staff, for the support staff here in the university as well. Stretched, uncertain about how their roles are going to play out be with them, Lord. Provide for what they need. And Lord, for the leadership. For Stafford up in uh, Union College, for Anne over in Stranmillis, for Ian in the main university, and for all the pro-vice-chancellors. And there are many, many people that have responsibility in the colleges and university. I pray for their leadership. I pray that you preserve them, that you would again protect them, inspire them, let them listen well, Lord, but also let them lead well in these days. Lord, I pray for wisdom for all of their endeavours. So, Lord, for this generation, even in the middle of pandemic, we pray flourishing, we pray blessing, we pray your presence and we pray your goodness. And for those young people and staff that know you, Lord, may they be lights may they be salt in the places where they study and work. And we pray that especially for Derry Volge, asking that you again would radiate from this place. Lord, in all these things, we know you're sovereign and we ask that you would work your plans out and we ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen.
it was difficult this week to find the lectionary reading that would fit the coronavirus contacts that were still very much in. I glanced across, read a few commentaries around. I was really struggling on Wednesday and then, bingo! Philippians chapter 3 was right on the edge, a second reading from the New Testament. Immediately I remembered that Caroline and Peter had recorded I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2 as we had done the Light uh, in Rock Artists series, a short part of that series, in June. And immediately I could see the connection. So let me start with I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, which I, of course I love to do. You two have um, come out of a, a very clear Christian fellowship church in Dublin in the late 70s. Their second album was described by Neil McCormick who now writes in the Daily Telegraph as a worship album. Christians had uh, embraced them and then after the war album which still had Sam 40 and a little bit of Isaiah 40 and uh, uh, Jesus Victory 1 in the midst of the Irish Troubles in it Unforgettable Fire was a little bit more unsure it was an ethereal album in fact since then it has been described as their work on the holy spirit and i had one particularly intense experience of god that a sort of a homecoming from that unforgettable fire album was about the only song that could express the mystery of getting as close to god as i felt i'd gotten uh, in in 1984 85 but joshua tree came out the iconic u2 album in 1987 Christians are a little suspicious and right there in the middle of it a song called I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Well, that's got to be the proof because if you found Jesus, surely to goodness you found what you were looking for. It was a lazy, uncritical, um, just really bad understanding of the song. Right there in the centre of this song that was number one in America for four weeks Bono sings, you broke the bonds, loosed the chains, carried the cross, and my shame, you know I believe it. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So right there in the heart of this song is uh, the importance of the cross and the work of Christ, what Christ has done for us. And then Bono says that even with that belief in what Christ has done for him... He still hasn't found what he's looking for. What does he mean by that? Well, it seems to me that what he means by that is the perfect soundtrack to spiritual formation. Let me describe it like this. There was one night I was speaking, I think it was in Carn Money Youth Club, and it was a mission week, and that's what I did back in the late 80s. And I decided to get down with the kids, I would use this song to grab their attention. I'm waxing lyrical on it the way I am now when suddenly I see at the back two elderly elders and I'm suddenly starting to get a little bit frightened. Oh, they're going to say this guy's not preaching the gospel at all. He's talking more about you two than he is about Jesus. And so the way I describe this song is you broke the bonds, loosed the chains, carried the cross and my shame, you know I believe it, justification. Justification by faith in Christ. And then I said, but we're still pressing on. We're still moving on because we haven't found what we're looking for. Justification comes in an instant. Sanctification takes a lifetime. 
That's what this song's about. It's a soundtrack for spiritual formation. And of course, in my opinion, is an exegesis of Philippians chapter 3 that Arun read for us a little bit earlier on. Because Paul is going through exactly the same as this song by U2. And my take on it is that Bono was reading Philippians much more than Paul was listening in his headset to U2. And in Paul's writing here, what happens is he takes off on one. Finally, he says, and then he goes on for as long as he started from. Halfway through this letter, he says, finally. The preachers, uh, many of us do the very same thing. But he then goes into this testimony of his own. And in his testimony, he's telling us how perfect he was. How absolutely know-it-all he was. Oh, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Benjaminite. He, he was everything. He was spiritually faultless. According to the law, he'd done it all. And if you read it wrong, if you read it with the same laziness as some have read you too, you would think that Paul is being arrogant. But actually, if you listen, if you read those words in the context of the entire letter, you will find that Paul is not at all being arrogant. He's actually talking about humility. But what he's saying as he's talking about humility is that at one time in his life, he was far from humble. He thought he knew it all. He had it all sussed. And that actually when he had it all sussed, he was at his very worst. And in fact, arrogance can lead to all kinds of violence. Arrogance can lead to all kinds of oppression, politically or even spiritually. And what we find in this testimony of Paul is that that part when he thought he knew it all, he now considers rubbish. I wouldn't like to use the exact word. I'm sure Gary Burnett would tell me there's various words for it, but excrement has been mentioned. And of course, that was something that was on the streets around the houses that the people who were reading this uh, or having this read to them in church experienced. Uh, he's seeing this as the worst possible rubbish excrement that he you know that he was perfect because he realizes that he has found a righteousness that doesn't come from himself but that comes from God through the work of Christ you broke the bonds loosed the chains carried the cross and my shame I believe it he realizes that that is much more authentic spiritually to believe in than his own self-righteousness and arrogance there's a humility that comes to Paul when he meets Jesus on the Damascus road and that humility is seen in chapter 2 what we've talked about in the last number of weeks where actually Paul realizes that we need to be as Christ and we need to uh, empty ourselves of who we think we are to find the humility of Christ and in the humility of Christ and in the grace of God that is the righteousness that comes from God and not by the law we begin to find spiritual truth we begin to find what we're looking for but we don't have it yet Paul tells us in this chapter he's still looking for it he is still pressing on towards the prize for which Christ calls him heavenward in Christ Jesus Paul believes in Christ, but he hasn't found what he's looking for. 
spiritual formation is this journey of faith. Finding Jesus is only the beginning of the journey. And then we start to press on. Press on to find the Jesus that we want to be like. The example of whom we have, as Paul has already talked about, in chapter 2. And maybe even if we went into chapter 4 and we started to see the things where he doesn't grumble or complain and he's learned to be content, that's maybe as a result of him losing his arrogance and the idea that he knows it all to humble himself enough to lean on God, to lean in on God, to lean in because he realises at last that he's lost and that he doesn't have it all, that Christ has it all and it is all by grace. COVID-19 has put us in a place where we have become humble. As human beings we've become humble. The human race, as I speak this, as you listen to this whenever this week or the weeks after you listen to this, Human beings really have no idea what might be happening next. Oh, we think we do. And some of us think we shouldn't wear masks. And some of us think it's this. And some of us think it's a conspiracy. And some of us think that we should be tying down further. And some of us think we need to keep the businesses together. But all of this is telling us that we as a human race in 2020 have never been more vulnerable, fragile and need for humility than maybe any time in recent history. We are lost for what might happen next. That's what makes us anxious. That's what makes us so fearful. That's what makes us complain about the rules that are being set down upon us. Because we are in this very fragile place. But as we said just a week or two ago, the things that break our hearts are the things that fix our vision. And maybe the humility that we have in this difficult place is going to be the very thing that takes us forward. So let us look forward. Let us see where we're pressing on to. And I want to put two things together here. I want to try and contrive this. Bear with me because I think it's possible. Can we put together the place we're heading to as both in the long term the prize to which Christ calls us heavenward in Christ Jesus from our lectionary reading today and where we're going with this virus over the longer term. It seems to me it's six months since we met in Fitzroy for worship and we met this morning, summer meeting as you listen to this now. Six months. Now it seems to me as I've listened over the course of this last week that it will be six months at least until we get any way out of this. We're looking at another six months. So let me, as your pastor, suggest that we start to come to terms with that. Let us not be thinking that we're going to get a vaccine next Friday out of the blue and by Monday week we're all going to be better because if we do get a vaccine it could still take months before that becomes something that can help us out of where we are. So if you remember back to when Doug sang that incredible song There Will Be a Gathering and Peter Greer did this amazing video where and we'll show it soon but I didn't think it's right to show it just at the minute because we're a long way from that kind of gathering as he panned across the congregation a full Fitzroy in the morning that it was filmed then my heart went it leapt because there we all were it's a long time since it's going to be a long time till we get back there this morning whatever it's 
something like, and I'm saying this before we do it, it's not going to be anything like that kind of gathering. So let's stop for a moment and let's realise that we're in this for the winter. Robin Swan said October's going to be our winter. Well, let me assure Robin, October's not our winter. So if we have a COVID winter in October, you can be sure we're going to have some COVID winters between October and next March. So therefore, what I want us to do right at this outset is to say we're going to be in this for a while. And I want to do something. The Oxford Diocese came up with something this week which which took Boris Johnson's rule of six and created other rules of six. And I have taken that and I have tweaked it for Fitzroy. So what I want us to do is I want us to come this morning and say, you know what? Jesus broke the bonds, loosed the chains, carried the cross and my shame. Do you know I believe that? And as a believer in Christ, I am pressing on towards the prize to which Christ calls me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And as part of that journey, I'm going to have to spiritually form and press towards that prize in the middle of the difficulties and the restrictions and the lack of freedoms, same words, of coronavirus. So here's my bit of a rule of six. Same as the Oxford Diocese, let us look another six months down the road. Let us say to ourselves that we're going into a spiritual formation project until Easter 2021. For the next six months, until Easter 2021, let's have a longer Lent than usual. Let's make Advent part of this longer Lent. We are going to come and we are going to use this time for deep spiritual formation. We're going to be humble and vulnerable. Here's the sixes that I want us to do. And I've added some from the the diocese, the uh, Oxford Diocese. Um, What about... And this is really going to have to take honesty. What if we look at six weaknesses within our lives and character that we will work on while we're under these restrictions? Because we're going to have slightly more time. We're going to have a disposition towards vulnerability and fragility. So why not let's use the six months till next Easter, to the resurrection of next Easter, to look deep within our souls at those things that are broken and need fixed. I'll be really honest with you. Over the course of the last couple of months, I have caught on to something that I think is a trait that comes down through my mother and father. And it is, um, I'm actually incredibly tolerant to big things. Uh, On Friday night, I was happy to put up on Facebook, pray for the Trump family. They really need to be prayed for. Um, I don't know what it would be like to be the son of someone who's been rushed by helicopter to hospital. I have no problems in not judging in the bigger picture. I'm happy to sit with terrorists on both sides. But when it comes to small minutiae, I am terribly, terribly short of... Um, just tolerance. I'm intolerant to small little things. And that causes me to be judgmental in small little ways. And it's a frustration for me because I don't want it to be part of who I am. And I don't think it's part of the person that's running towards the prize for which Christ calls me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So that's one of the six 
that I'm going to be thinking deeply about and praying deeply about in my own spiritual pilgrimage over these six months. I need to find five others, but I'm going to do that. So six things that we're going to work on, pray on, consider as we read the Bible what they have to speak to us. Then what about six people? Six people that we will pray for. Six people in our lives that we will pray for. Not necessarily, and in fact, maybe not six people around Fitzroy. Six people that need our prayers in the community around about us. That then, then let's pray. Then let's care for six people. Let's consider who is it we could care for. Tax them regularly. Make phone calls if it's possible, and if the restrictions are lifted, have coffee with them. Knock their door. Help them in some kind of way. So we're going to think about six things within ourselves. We're going to pray for six people. We're going to care for six people. What about finding six people that you could walk with regularly within Fitzroy? Don't make that exclusive. Let's make sure that everybody in Fitzroy has got people they can walk with. We can't walk in big numbers. It's not It's not safe at, the, at this moment. We tried to do something, but we, we realised it was going to be... There's no way Fitzroy people are... If we all go walking somewhere that we're not all going to congregate around each other. Um, we're, we're going to do it. There was a behavioural scientist on The View last Thursday night, and he said, behaviour in humans is very slow to change. That's why we don't put ourselves in positions where we would do the natural thing. So what about just making sure that every now and again you get yourself while it's possible to go walking with four or five or six people then what about six organizations in the neighborhood or in the city that you could uh, help in some way you might volunteer you might give finances you might pray for you might find out what's happening on the street of those events and on the coalface of those events and pray for them more intelligently so six months And then these projects of six things to do. Six things within our own lives. Six people we're going to pray for. Six people we're going to care for. Six people that we're going to maybe walk with and connect with and a fellowship with. Six things, salt and light things that we're going to do within our community. And while we do those in the six months that takes us to Easter, we will be in a short section pressing on towards the prize to which Christ calls us heavenward in Christ Jesus because he did break the bonds he did loose the chains he did carry the cross and our shame oh we believe it we are justified by what Christ has done for us in his life his death his resurrection his ascension but we haven't found what we're looking for in our lives we haven't found what we're looking for in the world around us we haven't even found what we're looking for in the fellowship of church life we are moving into sanctification if you want to use the word to impress the elders in carn money and boy they were impressed let us look at these six things six months six issues Six people to care, six people to pray, six people to walk with, six ways to be salt and light in organisations around the city. Let us press on, because we haven't found what we're looking for, because we're forgetting what is behind us, and we're pressing on towards that prize to which Christ calls us heavenward. Let's go. Who brings the 
Thank you again for listening to Fitzroy's online service and I do pray that something in the service, whether the songs or the reading or the prayers or the reflection, has somehow given us grace and imagination to see us through not only these next few days but maybe the months that lie ahead. So let's pray a blessing as we go into the week and indeed the months ahead. May God's grace and righteousness 
Jesus called towards the prize and the Holy Spirit's imagination as to how to press on towards it be a tangible blessing in the week and indeed the six months ahead. Amen. Mm -hmm.